It's episode 45 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Keto for Women. Thanks, as always, for joining me. Happy to have you here, ready to get through these keto hot seat questions that I am going to burn through today, I promise, so that I can ask you for the next round of questions. I'm very excited to get through the ones that we have and to move on to our next round just so that we can clear the air. Let's just keep clearing this keto air, shall we? And that's the best way to do so, I think, is just to take your questions as they come and give you my honest, thought out, in the moment answers, which is what we'll do today. First, a few announcements. Of course, I want to mention the podcast sponsor for today, which is Oh So Good Bone Broth. And I have been a huge fan of Oh So Good Bone Broth for years now. So many years. I always have some in my freezer, not only for myself, but what I found is that I like to actually give out the packets of bone broth to friends or family when they're sick. It's kind of like a nice thing to pop in and take over to someone's house when they're not feeling well. So I love doing that. The most recent delivery that I got of my Oh So Good Bones included their new soups. And I have to tell you, they are absolutely outstanding. These amazing soups, the best, highest quality ingredients, they're Whole30 approved. If that's something that you like to try to do with your food, and just a really great thing to have in your freezer for if you don't feel like cooking, or you are getting sick, or your family's getting sick, or you just kind of want some soup, which was the case for me this week, because we keep having these days here in Boulder that are super warm and spring-like, and everyone's outside doing their thing. And then the next day it snows and then it stays around and cold and windy and not so great for a few days. So in those days, I pull out the soup because I feel like extra cold when something like that happens after a day of warmth. So I just need all the warm things. And that's what the soup has done. So far, I've tried the tomato basil and the butternut squash, and they're both just so good. So I highly recommend get your bone broth, but then also try those soups out too and always have them handy. They contain the bone broth, obviously, of Oso Good Bones, so you are getting those amazing nutrients and health benefits from having bone broth in your daily life while also having some soup. So to do that, go to ohsogoodbones.com. That's O-S-S-O, goodbones.com. Use a coupon code KETO, the number four women, and you get $10 off your order. Trust me, you're going to be so happy that you ordered this broth. I wish I could tell you in better words than just do it (laughs) because you're going to be so happy that you did. That's ohsogoodbones.com, coupon code KETO, the number four, women. And then a few just quick notes as far as things that are happening in my world and with fat-burning female and things coming up. So first of all, I know I mentioned this before, I'm going to say it again until it happens, which is that the next round of the fat-burning female project starts May 7th. 
And the enrollment for that class, it's a one-day enrollment because it always sells out, so I don't need to bring it on to two days. One-day enrollment starts May 1st. So put that on your calendar if that's something that you want to participate in through the month of May and then a few weeks into June because it is a six-week class. Then put that on your calendar for May 1st being your enrollment. And really the best way to make sure that you don't miss out on a spot is to get on the email list for the Fat Burning Female Project, which you can do so by going to bit.ly slash FBF project. That's bit.ly slash FBF project. And you'll kind of see everything about the class. That's also where you go to learn about the class. It's all on the same website. You go there, you can find out that information and then put your name on the list. And I email you as soon as enrollment's open so you don't miss it. So you get that opportunity because like I said, it sells out. So if you wait a day, you won't get in most likely for the May class, and you'll have to wait until July. Now, really big announcement here. So everyone's ears are on right now. If you are someone that has not yet completed the Fat Burning Female Project, and maybe the reason why you haven't completed it is because you don't really want to do the group thing, or potentially you can't afford the class right now, so you're not doing it. I have created, after much debate, I have to tell you, this is like months of debate that I've been thinking about doing this and not, and I'll tell you why, but what I've done is created a fat-burning female self-study class. So it is a class, it does not involve help from me besides what's in the course. You're not getting additional support from me and guidance in that way, and you're not part of the crew, (laughs) our little crew that we have going on here. Well, it's not so little anymore. There's 650 women in it, but you're not getting that piece of it, which I guess is a support and guidance that come with the Fat Burning Female Project that I personally think is 95% of the class. But honestly, some people don't like that. And I just had to realize that. I just had to come to terms with the fact that some people don't want that. You just want the information and you just want to do it on your own terms, on your own time, on your own schedule. And you don't think you're going to need a question and answer type situation from me or the support and community of a group. So I get that because I'm kind of an introvert too, even though I know it's hard to believe because I talk so much, but (laughs) I'm a very outgoing introvert, I have found. So I get that maybe sometimes there are people that just want to do it. And I had to come to terms with that and realize that. And my goal with the Fat Burning Female Project has always, from day one, been to help as many women as I possibly could understand that the keto diet with air quotes, is actually the keto healing protocol lifestyle forever plan. And so that's my goal. And in order to do that, I have to be able to open that up to people that don't want extra support or maybe can't afford the extra support. And that's a big piece that I want to talk about too, because you aren't getting a large chunk of what we do in the Fat Burning Female Project, obviously it's not going to cost as much. So the price point is lower and there is the opportunity at another time if you feel like maybe you do need the support of myself and these other gals to basically pay the difference and join into an actual project as it's going on, an actual six-week class. So once the enrollment for something like that comes up, then you can join in and just pay the difference. So there is also that opportunity as well. 
well. So all that being said, on May 1st, you will have the option to choose if you want to do the self-study or if you want to do the six-week project with your friends, your new friends, and me. They're with you to support you and guide you along the way. I mean, of course, like I said, I will always 100% believe that the Fat Burning Female Project should be done in a group format with your friends and with other people that are going through what you're going through, have the same questions and concerns that you have, have the support of a nutritionist and someone that's been there themselves and gone through the ringer themselves. So that's the caveat. I do really always 100% think that that's what the course is meant to be. And that's why I struggled changing it and giving another option because the support and love of your peers is invaluable. And I love the tribe that we're building. So keep that in mind when you're making your decision and choose one. It's totally up to you. You have both choices. Another cool thing about the self-study is that it's always available. So there is not an enrollment period. It's just always going to be there. So it is a good choice potentially too. If you know someone who decides they want to try keto, maybe is a little hesitant, maybe just needs to dip their toe in and see how it goes and doesn't want to commit to this full six-week course, that's an option too to provide and to suggest for these other people too. It's always available. You can just go onto my website. It will always be there for purchase and you can get started right away or the following week or wait till the spring or the summer, whatever you want to do, but it's always there for you. So it's a good reference tool as well and still a really great class. I mean, you're getting everything that I do and promote and agree with in order to get into a ketogenic state as a woman safely and effectively and without any health disruption in the process of getting into a ketogenic state. So you're learning my process. You have access to my block schedule, which is something I created specifically for the Fat Burning Female Project in order to transition safely into keto. And of course, you're getting the materials for that and other things that are important to the class, like getting through keto flu, the frequently asked questions and things like that. So still lots that you are getting in the course, just missing the community piece. So totally up to you. Just wanted to share that. I'm very excited because like I said, my goal is to help a lot of women. And this is going to help me bridge that gap and help more women. So it's going to be so cool. I can't wait. Again, you can head to bit.ly slash FBF project to also see which class is right for you. So you can kind of look at the breakdown of what you get with the project and what you get with the self-study and decide which way to go come May 1st. I can't wait. And I'll share this information again later. And then, of course, I also talk about May 1st is a big day for another reason, which is that it's the beginning of reservations for the Fat Burning Female Retreat. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So keep that in mind too. If you are already a fat-burning female, you've been through the project. So once again, if you are going to do the self-study, that is not something that will be available to you. You have to have gone through the project and been in the community, in the Facebook group, that kind of stuff to be invited as a guest to the retreat, which will be held in September. So those that are enrolling for the May class of the Fat-Burning Female Project will have the opportunity to also look into coming to the retreat, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait. 
in Boulder, Colorado, September 14th through 16th. So again, put that on your calendar, put the reservation date on your calendar, put everything on the calendar. Just pull out your calendar right now. Just do it all. September 14th through 16th is the date of the Fat-Burning Female Retreat. All right, enough chit-chat. Shall we get into these questions The questions today are all coming from Facebook. So I got through all of the Instagram questions that I asked way, I mean, this has now been nine weeks. So I apologize if you've been waiting nine weeks to get your question answered. I'm going to get through them. But these are all coming now from my Facebook page, which in either case, if you aren't already following me on social media and you want to eventually have your question answered, this is really the best way. This is how I'm now going to be asking for questions is on the Instagram and Facebook pages. I will set up a post and it will say, if you have questions for Keto Hot Seat, ask them now and you can just ask whatever questions you have. And that's really going to be how I will now be steering listener question episodes will be with the Keto Hot Seat using Instagram or Facebook. Now, if you don't have either and you really have a deep burning question, you can also email info at ketoforwomenshow.com and in the title, put hot seat question so that we know that's what it is. All right, here we go with the questions from nine weeks ago. Let's get them done. First, why do my ketone levels dip below 0.5 two weeks before my period? Well, as we know, and you can go back to listen to episode number seven with Jackie Eberstein, she told us, and I think a lot of you got a lot of information from that whole episode, but specifically about how our ketone readings change as our hormones change throughout our menstrual cycle. So two weeks before your period is when you're ovulating. And ovulation and also the time right before you start your period, those both are going to cause a dip in your ketone readings. It's just what our hormones do, that kind of change in our hormones at those times of our cycles, both of those times will cause more glucose to be secreted in our body and it just causes that lower amount of ketones. So no big deal. It happens to all of us. Not something to really worry about at all and really not something you can change unless you just stop your hormones altogether, which I definitely don't recommend. You do not want to do that. So just let it go. You know, Just know that that's what's happening. And as long as you feel good and you're doing what you know works for you, then there's nothing to worry about. Keep on keeping on. Can you talk about why hormonal issues like cramping, period pain, and especially mood swings could get worse on keto? That's the issue I'm having. And then there was another gal that also agreed with that. Okay, so here's a couple reasons. And I talk about this a lot, but the biggest reason that I have seen as to why hormonal issues get worse with keto is because you aren't really making the effort to do keto well. <laughs> I'll just kind of use that word, I guess, just to get that out there. So we really want to make sure, and I see this all the time, if you are a woman, and again, this is why I have the fat-burning female courses, you either jump into keto too quickly, you start eating less food because all of a sudden you hear that you're not supposed to eat a lot of food on keto, you're not supposed to be hungry, blah, 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 or you aren't actually in ketosis because you're not eating enough fat and you're just low carb. So all All of these situations are stressful on your body. And as soon as we experience stress, then it shows up in our menstrual cycle because our hormones get out of balance. I talk about this in pretty much every episode. So I think we got it now, but it happens. 
really easily. So that's why when we are women, and this is why I have the whole business that I have and the podcast that I have, when we are women, we have to do keto a little differently. And we have to take our time easing into a ketogenic state. We have to make sure that we are getting into ketosis by eating enough fat and lowering our carbs and protein to the right amount for us. You have to eat enough food. This is not the time to be skipping breakfast and lunch and dinner and fasting and trying to eat as little as possible because you want your body to be burning fat instead. It's not that easy. That's not how it works. It's not like all of a sudden you stop eating and because you're in ketosis, your body's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to start eating the fat on this body. That's not how it works. If it were that easy, then everyone that's in a ketogenic state would be like, super thin. And we're all normal, right? We're all doing it. We're all losing weight or not losing weight or maintaining body fat or losing body fat or gaining body fat because there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more complex than that. So you have to eat some food. Eat enough food to keep your body healthy and happy. Keep your micronutrient levels high by nutrient-dense foods and veggies, and you will see a change most likely in your period. It will take maybe a month or two of doing those things might be a good case to get into the fat burning female project. And then you will see that change. Now, the only other time, and I think I've mentioned this even in the last keto hot seat episode, but we'll repeat it. The only other thing that potentially happens here is there are times when if you come into a ketogenic healing protocol and you're doing everything I talked about totally correctly, eating enough food, fully in ketosis, eating enough fat, all the stuff I just said, and you're having issues with your menstrual cycle, then it could potentially be basically almost a healing reaction that happens when you have something that you're trying to balance out and using keto to do so. It's like that initial stage where sometimes that balancing happens and that healing is happening, but it almost looks worse before it gets better kind of situation. So if it's something where you've never had an issue or maybe you know you have a hormonal imbalance and it seems like keto isn't making it any better, just give it another month or two and it will even itself out. You will get balanced and your PMS will get better. And you know that whole menstrual cycle just takes a turn and it's so much better. So make sure you're doing keto safe and effective for women and you know, just give yourself a little bit of time to heal if you know that you are, if you are 100% certain that you are doing that. All right, next one. I've been keto for almost two years coming in April. I was type 2 diabetic and high cholesterol. I have reversed both with adapting a ketogenic lifestyle. That's awesome. Woohoo. I check my blood sugar and blood ketones twice a day, wake up and after dinner, I lost 45 pounds and feel great. I've got more to go one day at a time. The issue I have, I can never seem to get into nutritional ketosis. I'm always at 0.1 to 0.4. On occasion, I'm sometimes 1 to 1.5. Very rarely though. I don't use exogenous ketones either. I would like to know what I am doing wrong. Well, you know, we talk about this quite a bit too. And I think the biggest thing is that sometimes for most people, you're just not eating enough fat for what you need to get into ketosis. So add on the fat, drop the protein a little bit. You're probably fine with carbohydrate intake. Drop the protein a tad, increase your fat intake by a few servings a day and see what happens. So that's the common thing that happens with food to get into a bigger state or a deeper state of ketosis that I see quite a bit. 
But that's only half the battle and probably not even half the battle. There's still all these other things that could be going on that are keeping you from getting into a deeper state of ketosis. Like the biggest ones I see are sleep and stress. If you're not sleeping well, if you're stressed out, if your hormones are out of balance, if you have a gut issue, really any sort of, I guess, health issue that might be keeping your body in this kind of fight or flight mode is going to impact your ketone readings. So it's really important to not just look at what's on your plate. You've got to look at your whole situation, your whole life, and see and make sure everything is really falling into place nicely. And then I would be shocked if you don't get higher ketone readings. I can give you some little hacks too. If you are not currently working out, start working out. Everyone needs to work out, right? I think we all know how I feel about that now. But If you want some better ketone readings, if that's your goal right now, that will definitely help. I will just say don't test your ketones right after you work out because that won't look like anything good. Give yourself a little bit of a rest period before you test those ketones, but definitely start working out and that should help quite a bit. And this is like a little hack. And then, you know, if you are someone who's having these lower ketone readings, but I mean, obviously, like Jennifer, she feels really good. She's getting the benefits. So it might just be where you just kind of are utilizing the ketones that you are producing right away, especially if you're a super active person, then they always appear low, even though you are producing ketones and you're in ketosis, you're just utilizing them really quickly. So I see that sometimes too. And so it's not something to worry about too much. But I think first, make sure that you're increasing your fat, decrease your protein just a tad, make sure you are looking at your whole lifestyle everything else besides just what's on your plate, because it's all of it, especially as women, and start moving. Easy as that. Okay. How bad is it to eat legumes on keto? My husband is Indian and traditionally eats a lot of lentils. Could I use them as a carb up? First of all, I don't think any food is bad. So it's not bad to eat legumes on keto. If you do well eating legumes and still feeling great, staying in ketosis, if that's what your goal is, and that's what you want to eat, by all means, eat away. That's all. And that's really the case. You could put in any food into that sentence, like how bad is it to eat cake on keto? (laughs) And my answer would say the same. If you feel really good and you're staying in ketosis and the health issues that you're looking to heal are being healed, then have some cake, have some lentils, whatever you want to do. That's where it becomes the lifestyle piece that I promote and I think most women need to hear. Nothing is bad. Nothing's off limits. It's okay. Just find what works for you and find what makes you feel really good and do that. It's as easy as that. Such an easy answer. Alrighty, moving on. Why do some people talk about carb cycling or refeeding to break ketosis once in a while as a necessary action to ward off some perceived negative long-term effect of a constant ketogenic diet? This is a really good question because I actually don't know the answer and I don't think that there is one to be totally honest. Like if you ask this to someone that promoted that, I'd be really interested to see what their answer is that is actually from like a scientific evidence-based proof thing. Because I don't see much out there, you know, even just considering the idea, it doesn't really make sense to me to need to do that. Now, if you want to, 
go ahead. And, and really, I think that for me, when I think of doing carb cycling or refeeding or whatever, it's more so like, does doing that help you maintain a ketogenic lifestyle because you occasionally eat some carbs, kind of have your favorite foods or whatever that you kind of need to do every once in a while in order to not feel really restricted and to not feel like you can never eat those foods again. If that's what you need to make this a lifestyle and to make every other day just awesomely keto, then that's when I see the idea of a carb cycling situation happening. But I do not see any actual need for it. And for a lot of people, I think there's a lot of women out there that can attest to this. Doing that just really messes things up. You fall backwards. So you not only get out of ketosis, but you start experiencing those symptoms that you weren't having while keto. And then it takes a really long time to get back into ketosis. And frankly, you don't want to feel like that. And that's where I'm at. I mean, yes, I eat carbohydrates. I very rarely eat enough to get out of ketosis. But when I do, I feel it. And all I want in the world is to get back into ketosis. So what I think is people say that because there's still a little bit of unknown or fear surrounding keto because there's a lot that still needs to be learned. But we're learning that right now and we're learning how safe and how beneficial and how much your body actually wants to be in ketosis right now. So I feel like those are still the people that need to just say that so that they're like not totally promoting keto or something maybe. I don't know. But I obviously don't agree with it. Like I said, unless you feel like you need that as a part of your lifestyle to maintain a really good ketogenic state the other times and not feel restricted and not feel like you can't do this forever. Moon on, bone broth. Are there bones, beef, chicken, turkey that are superior to the others or have different benefits depending on the type of bone used? They all have slightly different like micronutrient profiles and we're talking like vitamins and minerals, slightly different profiles, but all going to be amazing. Really the biggest factor if you're making your own bone broth is to look into the raising of that animal. So Definitely, if you're going beef, they need to be grass-fed, grass-finished, like 100% grass-fed animals. You're looking for that. Chicken should be pasture-raised chicken. Same with turkey. So that's the hard part is finding the highest quality animal that has been raised and treated appropriately and had a really healthy life before it became your food. So that's what's more important than which animal that's what I want you to focus on. And that's why one of the biggest reasons why I actually only use Oh So Good Bone Broth is because they have taken that step for me because it's really hard to find. And like, I don't want to just throw in chicken bones from what I got at the grocery store. Personally, that's not good enough for me. So I'd rather have someone else do it, (laughs) to be honest. All right, moving on. Can you talk about the most budget-friendly way to possibly get our blood tested for those of us on a strict budget? I want to heal and get better, but can't afford hundreds of dollars to get my blood tested so I know where to start. Yeah, I mean, as far as blood tests goes, if you have decent insurance or insurance at all, a lot of what you want will be covered on your insurance. So going to your primary care physician and just asking for, I want to get as much information as I can about my body. What? blood tests can I run that would be covered under insurance? Just say exactly that. 
and you will get as much as you can. I mean, unfortunately, the problem with not only insurance, but some Western medicine route people is that you're only getting half the information. And that's the really hard part. So that's where really finding a doctor who has a more functional medicine approach or holistic approach would then get you more information. But yes, most likely you do have to start paying out of pocket for that. So some people are lucky and find those doctors that are willing to run all the tests and you know have really awesome insurance that covers it all, but it's definitely a crapshoot. So you have to do a little bit of research there. If you don't have insurance or you have crappy insurance and it's not covered, you can get some blood tests done through like online source like directlabs.com or something like that. They are going to be pricey. So if you can't do hundreds of dollars, then they would potentially add up to be that. And then you don't have anybody to read them, which is also important. And quite frankly, just looking at the typical lab ranges isn't going to do you any good. So me as a functional practitioner, I have different lab ranges than what the testing will show you just if you were to do that on your own, because those lab ranges are really wide and they're basically only going to show you you're going to be out of the lab range if something is wrong. Whereas if you look at it from a little closer lens, then you can kind of find some trends and find some things that might be heading out of direction a little quicker and look at the whole system combined and find those trigger points before they actually become full-on disease or illness, which is, I think, what you really want to do. Now, keep in mind also, I say this all the time, but I am going to keep saying this, that if you want to look specifically at your hormones, that is going to be something to look at through saliva or urine for the accurate results that you are looking for and needing to really balance out your hormones. So keep that in mind too. That you most likely also will have to pay out of pocket, but it's not really that expensive. Honestly, I think it's worth it for sure. I do teach a class called the Happy Hormones Project where we do the saliva testing and you get a protocol from me based on the results. And that is actually coming up soon as well. The only caveat there is you have to have gone through the Fat-Burning Female Project first or the self-study. Fat-Burning Female Project or self-study to become a happy hormones projector. Before we get any further with this episode, let me take just a second to tell you all about the Ample Ketogenic Meal Replacement Shakes. I'm so excited that this product is now out there. I can't wait for you all to try it. It is the first all-in-one keto meal replacement shake that gets the nutrition from quality, real ingredients, which is so, so, so hard to find in the ketogenic space. You all know how important real food ingredients are for me, and I want to pass that information on to you. And here we now have a really great opportunity to have a meal replacement shake, something that's super easy for us to grab when we're on the go, running errands, don't have time for breakfast, don't feel like cooking, whatever it may be, we now have a place to turn, and that is the ample ketogenic meal replacement shakes. 70% of the calories in this shake come from premium healthy fats such as MCT oil powder, coconut oil powder, things we're already eating on a daily basis anyway. There are only 6 grams of net carbs in each meal. And it comes along with 40 billion CFUs of probiotics, which is like 10 times what you would get by drinking a kombucha. 
So they're really taking care of our gut health. They're keeping that in check while we're on a ketogenic diet. They have the prebiotic fibers necessary too within this shake to feed the good bacteria in your gut. They've thought of so much. It has potassium and magnesium so that if you're going through the keto flu or you just want to work on your electrolyte balance, which is something we talk about a lot on keto for women, that's taken care of too. And the best part is it actually tastes amazing. I taste so many ketogenic products. Most of them I don't like, so I don't even tell you about them, but I love the flavor of these ample shakes. You're gonna love it. I can't wait for y'all to try it. In order to do so, because they are a sponsor of the Keto for Women show, you lucky listeners get 15% off your order when you go to amplemeal.com and use the coupon code Keto, the number four, women15 at checkout. That's amplemeal.com and use the coupon code Keto, the number four, women15 to get your 15% off your first order. I will make sure to have this information linked in the show notes so you can get easy access to your 15% off. All right. Why don't you recommend dairy for Hashimoto's? Any other specific Hashimoto's or autoimmune recommendations? Thank you. Love your show. Thank you so much. So dairy specifically for Hashimoto's, there are some foods that kind of cause more of a reaction if you are someone with Hashimoto's, for instance, because they have this molecular mimicry. So basically the molecules in things like gluten, dairy, soy, and corn they look close enough to the molecules in your thyroid that your body, because it's attacking your thyroid, that's what Hashimoto's is, your immune system attacking your thyroid, will continue to trigger that when you eat those foods because they look so similar to your actual tissue in your body. So that's why it's not recommended those four things, gluten, dairy, soy, and corn. Also, because they're obviously very inflammatory foods, they most likely aren't going to help you heal your gut by any means. And that's what you really need to happen with any autoimmune disease. You need to work on healing your gut. So if you're asking about other recommendations for autoimmune and Hashimoto's, my biggest thing that I can say for anyone with autoimmune disease is that instead of just looking at the health of that particular organ, you need to look at the health of your immune system. And the vast majority of your immune system lives in your gut. So it's really important to start working on your gut health and to find out what's going on in your gut, get that all situated so that you actually can heal your gut. That's my biggest recommendation because I am someone, I have Hashimoto's and I have ulcerative colitis, which is autoimmune of the colon. Neither one has remotely affected me in years because I took care of my gut health. And that was really important to do. So keep that in mind. You can always do my Good Gut Project. That's a class that I have that looks at your gut health through a stool test and through your food sensitivity test. You can always do that. That's a really good recommendation for people with autoimmune disease. And just being keto, I mean, within the Fat-Burning Female Project, there's so many people that have autoimmune disease. That's a really big population in the class. And they are having some really awesome results from just being keto and, and doing nutrient-dense keto lifestyle, plenty of food keto. So again, it's all about the gut and of course, stress for sure. Stress and emotional stress as well. I have a lot to say about autoimmune as you can tell, but we'll move on. 
All right. Do you have any favorite keto products to recommend, like a treat, quick snack, something life simplifying, etc.? Well, I think you've all heard by now the Ample Foods Ketogenic Shake. I legit love that because it's so easy to take with you everywhere. So I've taken it traveling. I take it on hikes. Just if I know I'm going to be out running errands for a long period of time, I take the shake and then I just either put water in it from your water bottle, which I've done before, and shake it up, or you put the water in before you leave and you know just shake it back up when you're ready to eat. And then I just have a few sips of that throughout the day, or I'll have it like half a shake as a meal. It's just so convenient. And because, of course, and I'm not just saying this because they're partners with the podcast, but yes, they are partners with the podcast, as I'm sure you all know by now. And you can get 15% off your first order at amplefoods.com if you use keto, the number four, women 15. But I do like that as a good keto product. I love eating evolved 100% chocolate, which I talk about that all the time. I love having little nut butter packs. I think that's really fun and really easy. Like I always take all of these things while traveling. You know, basically I'm just thinking of all my travel hacks at this point because I like having snacks around. You just never know, not only while you're traveling, but when you get somewhere, are you going to have what you need in order to either stay in ketosis or eat the foods that you want to eat or whatever. All right. Curious about keto rash. That would be an interesting topic to explore. Yeah, it is an interesting topic. And it is something that, you know, some people will notice when they do make the ketogenic switch. Not everyone. I think it's actually a pretty small population. But basically, it's just kind of a reddening or a rash-like happening on the skin. And it's because of you releasing acetone. So that is a byproduct. That is a ketone byproduct is acetone. And you release it, especially right at the beginning of ketosis. And your skin is one of the organs that helps release that. And it can irritate the skin. And that's what's causing the keto rash. So for most people, it's kind of a fleeting thing. It's maybe a couple weeks and then it goes away. So you honestly just kind of have to be patient with it. There are some things you can do. And most of the time, I haven't heard of it being super itchy or anything like that. So most of the time, you won't have to worry about that. But you can also always take like some essential oil baths or Epsom salt baths, I think would be really good too. Anything you can do to soothe your skin using natural creams would be really great, which I talked about in last episode, the ones that I recommend. So make sure you listen to that if that's something you're dealing with. But I think most of the time, it's just a matter of being patient and then it does go away, especially as you continue with your ketogenic diet. Now, the biggest thing is stopping and then restarting and then stopping and then restarting. Instead, just really try to continue on doing what you're doing and what you know works and it should disappear hopefully pretty soon. Lifestyle. How do you keep a handle on how much time you spend on your phone, computer, social media, etc.? I'm trying to be more in the moment and it's proving difficult to disconnect. Ooh, I love this question because that is something that I had to change significantly when I started really working on my stress levels and realizing how this kind of screen time was affecting my stress levels and also affecting my sleep. So it was something I had to completely change. And it definitely is hard, especially as someone who my entire business is either on my phone, my computer, or social media. So it's really hard. And it makes it even harder because 
when I do look at those things, it's for business purposes most of the time. And that can kind of get my system revved up and I can get, you know, back into even if it's a good kind of fight or flight mode. So it keeps me up keeps me on the high when I want to start winding down. There's a couple things. I don't do this, but I have heard of kind of scheduling times where you're looking at certain things, especially if you don't have to look at like your phone or email or whatever all day, every day, then you can put it in your calendar to actually be like, okay, from 12 to 12.30 while I'm eating lunch, that will be when I check Instagram, check my email, check Facebook, whatever. Not that I promote using your electronics while eating. (laughs) I should clarify that. But maybe you can eat first and then use like the 15 minutes to check everything. So basically you're scheduling little pieces, little pockets of time throughout the day to take that time. And so you're not saying, oh, I'm never going to check Facebook because you probably are, right? So you're already going to be failing if you say that. But when you schedule yourself some time, and it could be that maybe you're better at actually having that on your calendar. And so the cool thing when you do that is you can set the time, but you can set like an alarm or something that goes off when your time is up so that you kind of are held accountable by your phone or your watch or whatever you use to let you know that your time is up. Really what I do, because I can't really do that because of how my work just requires that I'm on these things all the time, but I do make sure that I have a certain period of time, which for me is like 7.30, 8 o'clock, depending what I have going on that night, I stop looking at them. I do not look at them beyond that. So that's what really worked for me because I wanted that wind down situation to be happening at night. And so I give myself like an hour before I'm going to be headed to bed. I stop looking at my social media, my emails, my computer, that kind of stuff. And I just either read, I'll watch some TV if I have my blue blockers on only so that I'm not getting the blue light from that anymore. Or I go in my sauna or I take a bath or I'll just go sit on my balcony outside if it's warm enough, you know? So I think that's really something that you can do that's a really easy one if you need to kind of step into this a little slower is just give yourself a deadline. Start there and do normal things, but then shut it down at the certain time at night that's best for you. And then, you know, you can slowly work into either making that happen earlier in the day or then, you know, building out chunks of time. I think that's really important. Moving right along. Can anemia cause lower blood ketone readings? On the flip side, can iron dextron infusions raise ketone readings? In either case, I don't know. And I will be totally honest with you and tell you that I do not know, but I don't think that would happen in either case. It doesn't seem like there would be a relationship to that. If I'm just kind of thinking it out right now, it doesn't seem like that would be an issue. All right. What problems are you creating by having those off the wagon days where you're eating high fat and high carbs? Do those high fats end up just getting stored? No, not necessarily. And it depends, you know, I'm assuming, quote unquote, off the wagon days, which I definitely prefer not to use that term because what wagon are we even on is the problem. But, you know, if they're kind of few and far between, if they're not really that often, then who cares? Just eat it. Just go for it. Do it and get back to what you're used to doing the next day. So more than likely, they're probably pretty rare. And in that case, who cares? 
But, you know, if they're happening a little bit more frequently, then I would really rather you assess why that's happening. So seems like because of the off the wagon kind of situation, you might be thinking of this more of like a diet. And if that's the case, then you might be having these days more often just because you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to eat carbs, but then all I want is carbs. So I'm going to eat high fat and high carb. So if that's the case, might be something to evaluate why this is happening. And I think the biggest damage that you're doing is basically taking off some time with your healing protocol. So whatever you're looking to do to help out your body and your health, you're just making it take a little bit longer, perhaps, if you're having these high fat and high carb days. And you know, it depends on what foods these are. Like if you're just eating avocado and olive oil and coconut oil, but then you're also having sweet potato, then that's fine. You know, that's not going to do any real damage. But if your high fat and high carb days are like McDonald's or popcorn at the movie theater with all these terrible oils and trans fats, then that's just a health risk in general, right? It doesn't really matter about what fats are being stored or carbs are being stored or anything like that. It's just you're putting your health at risk by eating not healthy foods. So that's the bigger concern too. So instead of worrying about what's being stored where, because that's just not how our body works, it's just a lot more intricate than that then let's more so kind of see why this is happening, see what foods are coming up and go from there. I've been keto since October and I'm finally starting to feel like I am fat adapted. What can I say? The holidays were rough. I finally feel so much better during my runs and all workouts, but my heart rate is elevated. I had my electrolytes tested. They were good. I'm a bit freaked out about it because I exercise quite a bit, so I'm going to see a cardiologist, but I wonder if this is part of the fat adaptation process. Also, thank you for the work you do. It's truly inspiring. It gives me so much hope for my health and that of my loved ones. Aw, that's so nice. Thank you. Okay, so if you are having your heart rate elevated all the time, Maybe that's something that you should actually look at because I'm wondering if, you know, it took a lot of time for you to get fat adapted. I'm wondering if you're actually testing ketones and truly in ketosis. And if you are working out at the rate that you are, which sounds like it's quite a bit, are you eating enough food to fuel those workouts, not just relying on the ketone readings? Because it kind of sounds to me like it's a stress response. So if it's a stress response, especially in your workout, you're going to be releasing cortisol and adrenaline, and both of those things cause an increased heart rate. So I really would more so rather you look at truly making sure that you are in ketosis, eating enough food, eating enough fat, and getting the nutrients that your body needs for working out as much as you do and go from there. Now, I do also like the idea of your electrolytes because that's very common too. And getting your electrolytes tested isn't really super accurate either. And it's just one tiny snapshot of one day. So instead of worrying about getting them tested, just start supplementing with electrolytes. Worst case, you don't need them, which is highly, highly unlikely. And you pee them out. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is that you stop your heart rate from being elevated, which most likely could be definitely part of the culprit. So I think it's worth it to just supplement with some electrolytes on a daily basis. I really think everyone who's in ketosis should do that. It takes away a lot of the symptoms that you could have of keto flu or just potentially just not feeling all that great while being in ketosis. So 
I really think it's worth it. Also adding salt to your water, especially if you are sweating. And really, even if you're not, that's really important too. So good high quality sea salt in your water would help that too. So those three things, make sure you're actually in ketosis and it's not a stress response. Electrolytes, salty water should help out quite a bit. When using keto to treat a neurological disorder, what is a therapeutic level of blood ketones and how do you get your ketones that high and maintain them? Well, a therapeutic level is going to be more so like I would say 3.0 to maybe 6.0-ish. I think it totally depends on the person. So, you know, you're going to have to kind of play it by ear and see what is changing and if it's helping with that higher ketone reading and how high you need to be to alleviate some of those symptoms. So it's different, of course, for everyone. But to get there, that's where I do see a good case for exogenous ketones because it is hard to get there. Now, I do think it's totally possible for some people to get there just with food. And that would be probably like an 85 to 90% fat diet. Something really, really ketogenic would potentially get you there too. So some options to explore, but that's where I do see exogenous ketones being an option for a lot of people to boost those ketone readings up and keep them there for that therapeutic effect. For most of us that don't need that, no worries, no need to do the exogenous sources. Can you explain how adrenal fatigue and keto work together? Some websites say not to do keto and some say it's fine. I can, and I have, and I've talked about it mostly in like the first three episodes of Keto for Women. So go back and listen to those because otherwise it's going to take a really long time for me to explain everything. And this is like a topic I'm really passionate about. But this reminds me that I forgot to tell you all, I am going to be hosting a webinar for Keto for Women, for really anybody, but we'll say for Keto for Women, about this particular topic and your keto for hormones, which part of those hormones include your adrenal hormones. So I'm going to go through that whole process and actually with slides. So in case you are a visual learner, it will help a lot. If this is something you already get, like you already understand this because I talk about it quite a bit, then no need to attend. But if you want to know more about this relationship between adrenals and hormones and keto and everything, everything, then you should attend my webinar. And it is happening April 30th. So April 30th, it will be a live webinar. I will set up registration about a week prior. So you will have plenty of time to get registered and be able to attend that live. And then if you can't attend live, there will be a recording available as well. So I hope I see you all there. I'll give you more information as it gets closer. But just one more thing to put on that calendar, April 30th, free Keto for Women, Keto for Hormones webinar by me. Why would someone gain weight when starting keto? And then there's a whole thing. But I'm going to cut it down just so that we can get through the rest of the questions because I talk about this a lot. I think I've talked about it in like three or four episodes. And I'll just quickly go through some of the reasons. If you have been a past dieter of any sort where you have restricted your calories, then sometimes being keto can cause weight gain while your metabolism is adjusting. It is temporary. It is often necessary. It is healing. It is not a bad thing, although I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but it can happen. And if that's the case, and that's why, 
likely if it's weight that you don't need for health, then you will lose that again pretty soon, as soon as your body regulates itself and your metabolism gets that regulation as well. Some other things, if you have, like I've always said, weight gain is a symptom of something else going on in your body. All it is is a sign from your body like, hey, something's up. I'm working on this right now. And one of the symptoms is weight gain. So I'm going to show you by gaining weight. This is going to happen whether you're keto or not. And when you go keto, sometimes, again, it's almost that healing reaction where whatever that thing may be, and quite often it is a hormonal imbalance in us women, whenever that is, will kind of show itself when going keto because it's in the process of being healed. So a lot of times people will see this increase in weight And it's just because it's from this hormonal imbalance you've had forever, but now you're actually working on healing it and a little bit of a healing reaction is happening and that comes in the form of weight gain. So those are the two biggest reasons I see. There's a lot of others and I've talked about them in the past, so you may want to go back and look at some of those. Next, how does the absence of self-love and self-acceptance affect keto? Oh, I love this question and I know who asked it and I know she's asking it because she knows how many women need to hear this answer. So self-love and self-acceptance are absolutely essential to healing your body because you can be doing all the keto, all the tests, all the protocols, everything for your body. But if you're still talking negatively in your head about your body, about yourself, about your situation, about how you're never going to get well, about how you're always going to be overweight, about how you would want your jeans to fit and they're not fitting yet. If you have that mentality, it is going to take a long time, if ever, to heal. I know this from personal experience. So I don't want you to think that I'm just saying this because I feel like I should say it. (laughs) I know this because I was really having a hard time with the weight that I gained when I was sick. And I was talking very negatively to myself. And then one day I just said I had had enough. I was just done with it because it was making me so miserable that I was not living my life anymore. I was just a totally different person. And so I just finally came to my senses and just said that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And that's when I really started diving into learning about self-love and self-acceptance and what that actually means and what that actually takes. And really, quite honestly, we need a whole episode to talk about it. And that just gave me an idea because we definitely need to talk about that on Keto for Women. And we will very soon. But I can tell you this, you have to start thinking about this. You really, really have to start changing your mentality and your mindset around you as a person physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and just really loving every piece of you for what it is today. Not tomorrow, not what it's going to be as soon as keto starts working for you and you lose 10 pounds or 20 or 50 or 100. Right now, today, you need to love every piece of yourself. It's hard, especially coming from the way that we're kind of almost taught as women to not love ourselves until we look a certain way or act a certain way or have a certain lifestyle or get a boyfriend or whatever. Like all these things that we're supposed to do before we can really love ourselves or really accept ourselves, that's crap. You need to do it now, today, regardless of what else is going on. That's the very short answer. And really, I guess the answer to the actual question is because 
those negative thought patterns are super stressful on your body. So you may think that you have the most stress-free life in the world, but then every time you look at the mirror, you pick yourself apart. Right there is super stressful and it's going to keep you from healing because of that stress response that's happening in your body. So finding actual love is where it's at. That's all I'm going to say for now, for now. I would like to know your feelings on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I personally am not a huge fan. I think that there are some cases where it could be beneficial, but I think in most cases it's being used as a Band-Aid. And again, as someone in the holistic functional space, I want to find out why you have an imbalance and heal that imbalance instead of just throwing hormones at it and hoping for the best. I also see a lot of cases in my actual practice and looking at hormone testing where it has gone totally awry. It's very hard to adjust and keep balanced and in the right dosing and everything. Hormones are just tricky and replacing them are just as tricky as our own hormones. So to get it in the very perfect dosing and to keep it there and it's just a lot. So also something that can actually end up doing more harm than good quite easily. So I prefer for women to go the route of truly understanding their hormones, their body, what's going on with their imbalances, and work on healing those imbalances from a root cause issue instead of throwing a Band-Aid. So that's how I feel about that in very few words. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. We got through pretty much all of them. So I think we're doing pretty well. And I think it's time to get some new ones. So be on the lookout in the next probably two to three weeks on Instagram and Facebook for a post. And it will say, Keto Hot Seat Questions Needed. And we will get some new questions. As I'm sure you can tell, I absolutely love doing these episodes. I think they're super fun. I think you guys are loving them and getting some really great information. And like I keep saying, you know, this is just me. This is exactly what it would be like if you were sitting in front of me right now asking me questions about keto. These are my responses. They're not thought out beforehand. There's no notes. It's just me and the mic and your questions. And I love it so much. So we'll be doing this again on a pretty regular basis. And I will be looking forward to getting your questions. In the meantime, have a great keto week and I will see you all next time.